Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Law and Firms and Finance Show. And today we have another great guest on because we're talking about a topic that a lot of law firms may have some challenges with. And that is when it comes down to hiring or managing or recruiting. It's really the staff piece of running your law firm. And if you're trying to grow a law firm and you're trying to actually get bigger, you're going to need staff or you're going to need some form of staff. And so we brought on a a phenomenal person in this area. And she's going to talk about her book that she recently released, which is a eye catcher. So stay tuned for today's episode. Without further ado, let's bring on our guest, Molly. Welcome to the show. Oh, Terrell, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is a pleasure. Now, Molly, I saw you because we have some mutual friends on social media. And when I saw the title of the book, I was like, oh, man, I need to connect with her. (laughs) (laughs) Now, for those who may not be familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Absolutely. So um, like you said, I loved how your intro, you said, if you want to grow, if you want to be able to scale, you need people. I feel like people, especially when in law and finance, that people are a great asset in the personal service industry. So my background, I started out as an employee, like many of you all have 1099 contract, virtual assistants, employees, W-2, what have you. I'll use the term employee for simplistic sake. Um, 26 years ago, back in the late 90s, 1997, and my first job I got was for a national network for attorneys. They provided coaching, which back in the 90s, attorneys did not invest in coaching. They um, had events. They had continuing education, wrote their own software, practice management, production process in a box. It was really an organization for estate planning and elder law and asset protection attorneys to come and get a practice in a box, everything they needed. And my first, so I got the job and my first assignment was to go to a collegium. Their first, uh, they have annual or biannual summits for attorneys to shut down their practice. And I love back in the nineties, they highly encouraged to bring your support team members there. First event I go to, probably day two of this job, and I'm there, and my job was member services director to mingle with the members, find out, make sure that they're happy, having a great experience, support them at the coffee break. First coffee break, I introduce myself, I turn, I say, oh my goodness, tell me a little bit about your practice. What's working, what's not working? And universally, there are 1,900 law firms there. As I worked the room, they would say, business is great, but for employees, can't keep them, can't train them, can't onboard them. They don't know how to step up and lead. They're consistently delegating back up to me. They just are coming here for um, a paycheck, no ownership, no involvement, what have you. Then I would turn to my right and I would talk to the employees. I'd say, tell me about your law firm. Tell me what's working, what's not working. Universally, the employees would say, attorneys are control freak. 
They don't give us any time, attention, or feedback. They will not let go so we can take the burden off of them. We see how incredibly stressed they are. We watch them in the conference rooms trying to serve clients, close clients, manage books, run the business, be the visionary, et cetera, and they won't let us help. And I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs, and I see the answer. I know the solution. I know what I can do to take the burden off their back. So... I really, I saw very, very quickly, they both wanted the same thing. There was a massive disconnect. So I went to my boss at the time and said, I need to create a training program for the employees. I need to teach them how to step up and lead and how to become what I uh, coined in the early 2000s, an entrepreneur in entrepreneur's world. Nice. I love it. Now, you said about 26 years ago. Now, first, one is I'm like, you know, I would not have guessed that you started in the industry 26 years ago. The second thing is, it's very interesting that I hear some of the same like feedback today. Like, so yeah. from your perspective, are law firms still dealing with, you know, having some of the same feedback when you're talking to law firms today? They are. And, um, you know, not to bash on law firm owners and attorneys because um, they're, they're my business. I'm so incredibly passionate about transforming law firms across the nation. I have clients in every single state and have, and they are, because think about it. This is the words that I hear from attorneys. They spend so much time, energy, and effort in law school, and they're trained to be a skeptic. Believe nothing. And that's just ingrained in their bones and their blood and their training within law school. So be, to be able to flip that switch, they're also hammered in their head all day long in law school about malpractice. And they hear that all the time from the bar associations, which by and large, most bar associations are really operating off of old school ways of how to build and grow a business. I love the bar association, but... For the most part, they're not investing heavily in coaching and uh, personal growth and things of that nature. So law firms are definitely still dealing with this. By and large, as an industry, they are behind the times. As you know, I do uh, legal recruiting as well. This morning, I was on interviews all morning. I have interviews again after this where I'm in a Zoom room with attorneys and candidates. It's an employee-driven market. We all know that. We've heard about the great employee re resignation, quiet quitting, all that. I'm on a mission to really transform that into the great employee restoration because employees don't want a job hop. They're not going to take another job for $10,000, $20,000 more a year. They don't quit jobs. They quit bosses. And lawyers, by and large, law firm owners are operating off of an old school rule book in regards to what are you going to do for me? The billable hour, where am I getting my, now I, the latest I've heard is a 5X ROI on, on attorneys and paralegals. So it's no longer 3X return because inflation costs all that. But I feel like they're going at it about the wrong way. They're interviewing, showing up, reading from a resume, interviewing from skill set, interviewing from knowledge, interviewing from years of experience. But in my experience, the things that break down in a law firm when an employee either leaves or gets terminated is not the human doing stuff. 
which is on the resume, skill set, knowledge, years of experience, et cetera. It's a human being stuff. And I think that uh, law firms, by and large, really need to have that two millimeter shift to realize it's a relationship and not a transaction. Wow, that is interesting. You know, you mentioned about, you know, the 5X multiple. And, you know, that's something that we we talk to a lot of law firms about. And a lot of law firms, you know, kind of tell them baseline of, hey, target a 3X because we find that most of a lot of smaller and medium sized law firms are actually less than three. So we're like, all right, let's get you to 3X. So for the firms that are looking for a 5X, like, what does their turnover look like if they're demanding a 5x on their attorneys like you know salaries and compensation you know i love it it's actually not necessarily um contributing to a turnover it's the mindset and the way they go about that language to get a 5x return and they're only measuring it on attorneys they're not measuring on so if i hire an associate attorney for, let's say, $10,000 a month for base salary or what have you. Now I know I need to get a $50,000 return on investment each month from that or $60,000 from that attorney. Okay, great. So when you run the numbers, it's not only about the billable hours. It is also, that's not the only measuring stick. It's also about if part of their job is managing and leading the team to free up the attorney. And I always tell them, it's not about getting a 5X return on just them. It's also about you. So when we hire, whether it's a receptionist, paralegal, associate attorney, or what have you, part of it is for them to serve the file, serve the client, do the work and get a return on investment so we can get the life cycle of a matter closed, money in, collected and things of that nature. But it's also a, goes so much beyond that. What are you doing now that we're hiring this person, investing, increasing our overhead? There also has to be an ROI on you attorney, if that's a position that you're hiring. So it maybe isn't a 5X from that one body. How are we getting, because you're getting freed up as well. So they're going to do it from a place of billable hours. It's one measuring stick, but it's also your time and energy and visionary that you're getting freed up for yourself. And it goes for every position that you hire, right down to the receptionist. My whole, and I speak about this in my books, my podcast, my blog, is every employee should have a ROI. And it should start at the front of the house with your receptionist, your intake coordinators, your sales force, your um, non-attorney salespeople, whatever terminology resonates with you, because they're, the director of first impressions. If they don't do a phenomenal job, your associate attorney that you just hired that needs to get a 3X, 4X, 5X ROI, they don't even have the opportunity to do that if the front of the house doesn't crush it in their role. You know, that's a very interesting point. So, you know, I'm curious about, as you talk to different law firms and different lawyers, you know, you know how receptive are they to opening their mindset to, not just looking at, hey, well, what's my ROI on my attorneys, but saying like, hey, what is the ROI on the whole team? Because as you said, as they're hiring different roles, you know, the entire, you know, team should be becoming more efficient. So what's their recept, you know, how receptive are they to 
you know, transitioning that perspective. I'm not just going to focus on my attorneys, but I'm going to look at the entire team. I love that question. Very receptive. Not only that, but I can see them just take a deep breath and lean back because from their, you know, training again, wherever they're going for their coaching and consulting and um, thought leadership, people aren't having this conversation, especially in this employee driven market. So when I can, attorneys like data, attorneys, CPAs like data, they like information and it's all about the numbers. What's the saying? The numbers don't lie. And the numbers don't lie by and large. And as long as you're doing your reporting and your data and entry correctly. So when I can break it down that way, they are just like, wow, it's really that simple. Especially if they say I need to, I'm ready to hire an associate attorney and my budget tells me I can afford a hundred thousand dollars a year, or my bookkeeper tells me that or what have you. I'm like, great. You're never going to get that not in 2023 and the United States of America, not even a baby attorney that's just walking out of law school where the ink's not even dry on their degree. It's not going to happen. It's going to cost you about $150,000. And they freak out. I'm like, all right, let's back into this because you're not writing a $150,000 check today. Let's break it down to what you're paying that person for month one and month two. 60 days, that's it. Now let's talk about how you're getting that ROI in 60 days on the attorney, but also on the front of the house. So client services, intake coordinators, what have you, because they need to get their conversion rates up. And so go the calendar, so go cash flow. In a personal service industry, the only way you make money is by a very cash flow color-coded calendar. And so maybe you are not having a conversion at all. You get, you're getting, you're paying $10,000 a month in Facebook ads to get leads, but you have only two consultations on your calendar. What's going on with intake? What are they doing? You have a full calendar this week and then you have no money in the bank on Friday. What happened with your cancellations? What happened with your reschedules? What happened with your no-shows? What ha- why did, how many engagement agreements did you get signed, sealed, delivered at that time? So when I can break it down to a KPI for every role within the firm and every job description within that, not only when you're hiring, you thought you're going to pay $100,000 for this associate attorney. Now it's turning out to be $150,000. So you might be spending an additional four or $5,000 a month, whatever it might be, you're okay with that. Because when you can break it down to how am I going to, if it's, you know, $5,000 more than I thought, times that by four, three, what have you, you know, let's just even round it up because I have tracked, measured that a client service coordinator that comes through my law firm admin bootcamp and I can train them within month one, they generate an additional $25,000 a month period. End of story, doesn't matter what practice area because they have they have an ROI, they have KPIs, they have goals that they're playing into, and they're coming with data and analytics and tracking and reporting every week in the weekly meeting. Awesome. You are speaking music to my ears when you talk about data and analytics. I absolutely love it. It's amazing how much it changes the perspective for you know law firms. So I'm curious, is as you start to walk them through 
you know, some of that, you know, yeah. I guess say basic arithmetic and kind of some of those analytics, you know, do you start to see a sense of relief come to the attorneys as they start seeing how how the system could work or seeing how the numbers pan out? Yes, a tremendous amount of relief, not only relief, but hope and renewed energy for their practice. I don't know about you, but so often when people are calling a recruiter or a consultant, they're burned out. They, you know, they they are at, have a very, very big pain and a problem. So when they, our job, my job, as when somebody walks into my discovery calls is my goal is always to provide hope uh, to provide a solution and for them to be reconnected with why they're doing what they're doing. So often law firm owners will tell me, you know, I feel like I own a job. I hung my own shingle because I wanted to have freedom. I wanted to have autonomy. I wanted to feel like I could do, I can serve clients the way that I want to. And I'm not feeling that. I'm feeling like people are delegating up. I'm feeling this soul crushing pressure of payroll, of overhead, of getting serving clients, getting hired by clients. And then, oh, by the way, then I have to go home and I'm late for soccer practice again and I have to serve my family. You know, so I have to go to my next full time job that I have and they're just feeling the pressure. So they are not only relieved. And I love that you said simple, you know, simple math. I call it silly math. I'm like, let's gamify this whole thing. And when you can start to really run simple math and you can gamify every position within the law firm and gamify money, because money is just energy. And if you're white knuckling it and you're stressed out about it and you have a lack mentality around it and you have that this has to work versus I get to make this work, it changes everything. Awesome. I love it. I love it. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about you know the book. And so, you know, through the amazing work that you were doing from, you know, 26 years ago to now to, you know, helping firms really shift their mindset. At what point in your journey did the idea of writing a book come up? Well, this is my third book that I've written. Um, so my first one came out in 2009. Uh, and I had no intentions of writing another book, uh, writing a book, as you know, like podcasting and what have you, the creativity process is uh, very invigorating, but it's also a tremendous amount of work to produce, publish, what have you. Um, so I knew what it took to write a book, publish a book, launch a book, all that. And never in my million years did I have the idea to write another book. However, I kept hearing the same comment over and over again that I have, and it was getting louder and louder and louder and louder during the pandemic in 2020, which was fix my employees. They all want to work remote. They all want to be hybrid. They don't, you know, they're calling the shots. I can't get anyone to uh, take my job. Law firms across the country, thank goodness, were blowing up. You know, finally, everybody had, especially in the area that I focus on a lot, which is asset protection, estate planning, what have you. So um, I just kept hearing it over and over and over again. And my coach, is set, my coach said to me, it's time. You need to write another book. The book was originally titled 
fix my employees. That is the number one SEO search term on my website, and it has been consistently for 26 years. It is the number one open rate on my podcast and or my blogs, and I've been tracking them. I've been blogging since 2008 consistently every single week, and my podcast just turned the four-year anniversary. Anything that has the, the rendition of fixing your employees in the subject line, the open rate is 10x. And so she said, it's time. It's time for you to get this message back out. When my, I met work with my publisher, he's like, no, no, employees aren't going to open that book. And bosses, we're speaking to the bosses. They're really, truly the ones that need the blueprint. They need to understand what it takes to let go of control and allow their employees to step up and lead and reduce their stress and impact clients, conversions, and cash flow. And so um, it honestly was took me no time at all. I, after podcasting, after blogging, after being on my law firm admin bootcamp teaching every single week, I just sat down and it came flooded out of me. And um, it was time for me to just get this message out there. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So if people are interested in, you know, reading the book, you know, one of the things that I always like to do, and there's a really good book that I you know, that I come across when I tell people about like, hey, you're looking to read the book. He, you know, here's a good chapter for you to start with. If you like that chapter, the rest of it is going to be amazing for you. Are there any key like kind of tips of advice or mindset people should have going into reading the book? That way they get the most out of it. Yeah, I love that question. I wrote this book to actually not be a book that was read, but for it to be a living, breathing workshop within the business. So my recommendation is first and foremost, they can to get a taste of it, go to fixmybossbook.com. I have a workbook that goes with the book. They can download that for free and get a taste of some of the exercises in it, number one. Number two, I also have an audiobook, which uh, a lot of people like because they can listen to it on their commute or what have you. One of the greatest um, mindset shifts and or if you really want to fast track getting your team involved and really around uh, reaching your goals and meeting your numbers um, for you to put it on your weekly agenda. The book is very simple. I think it's 160 pages total, including all the exercise in that. You can chunk it out chapter by chapter by chapter and put it on your weekly team meeting agenda that you're spending 30 minutes each because it should be a workshop where you can get two millimeter shifts every single week within your practice to create that turnaround in your people, your process, your production, your mindset, your communication, which ultimately impacts profitability. Awesome. I absolutely love that because, you know, I, I hear a lot of people recommending, whether it's books or workshops. And sometimes I realize that people don't understand that, you know, not every book is meant to be read the same way or approached with the same mindset if you're going to get the most value. So I, I love what you shared and I love that you kind of gave us that context so people can really walk away with the value that you intended. So if people are interested in finding you online, where is a good place for people to look for you? They can go to hiringandempowering.com. 
Awesome. Awesome. Now on that, you know, when they land on your website, there's a couple of things. They got resources, reviews, podcasts, blogs, you know, what's some of the, you know, the, the things that they're going to find when they click on resources. So if you can go on the resources, the easiest way, um, you can see all of my books. There's 66 day law firm turnaround. You can see um, my all three books that I've written, Entrepreneurs and Entrepreneurs World. They're there from a place of download for the first two books. You can join our podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, really pleasure having you. Oh, thank you for having me, Terrell. Greatly appreciate it.